The future is a hefty responsibility and not one that we take lightly. But then taking things lightly has never been what hefty is about. That's why we've created the Hefty Renew program that turns hard to recycle plastics into valuable resources like park benches and building materials. To participate, simply fill up an orange Hefty Renew bag with accepted items, tie it up, and drop it in with your regular recycling. That's it. It's that easy. It's time to rethink recycling with Renew. Particular valued resources may vary by geography. More info available at heftyrenew.com. Growing up, my mom taught me how to celebrate Diwali. We would still celebrate very festively, but it was almost like this quiet little thing that was just for us. I would get home from school. My mom would be lighting all of these candles, these dias that would float in water. And we would have every single light on everywhere. All the lights had to be on. Even to this day, as we live on our own, we light a bunch of candles. We make sure every light is on. We even put up white Christmas lights on our balcony and things like that, just to let people know what's going on. And these are traditions that I think we'll continue to do as my daughter gets older, would want her to understand the significance of light over darkness, would make sure we celebrate with whoever's around. And the cool thing about Diwali is that I can't wait to add to the traditions that I learned from my parents. Welcome to Modern Minorities. This is a show about work and life, told through the lens of what makes each of us different. I'm Sharon Lee Tony, a Chinese-American girl born and raised in New York City. And I'm Roman Segal, an Indian-American boy who came from Alabama with a banjo on my knee. Through conversations with some really interesting people, we uncover the stories, perspectives, and often unspoken truths about how our guests uniquely experience the world. It doesn't matter where you're from, the color of your skin, or who you love. We're all minorities somehow but we're no one's model minority. This is a show about all of you for all of us. On today's show, we're talking about Diwali, the festival of lights, with a little help from our friends. Diwali is celebrated by more than a billion people worldwide. And we're not just talking about India, but also the Indian diaspora around the world, which includes me. And while Diwali has got its roots in religion, like so many of the big holidays, I'm talking about you, Santa, for me, it's more of a cultural celebration that helps me, who is not very religious, maintain a connection to my heritage, which I continue to learn more and more about every day. Heck, we've even done a few podcasts about Diwali, and we'll be sure to put some links in the show notes. Now, over the past few years, on this pod and others, we've made a lot of Indian friends. Some have known have been old friends from past lives, and more than a few new ones who we've gotten to know a lot about with you together. We've spoken to artists, actors, activists, comedians, entrepreneurs, and yeah, even a few doctors. So I had the crazy idea to put the call out to some of our Indian friends, old and new, and hear their Diwali stories. Huge thanks to Paresh, Rajiv, Sudha, Sheetal, Sharad, and Urvashi for sharing their stories, which you'll get to hear in a minute. We'll be sure to put links about each of them and past episodes in the show notes. But first, what exactly is Diwali? So Diwali is the Festival of Lights, and one of the major festivals celebrated by Hindus, Jains, Sikhs, and even some Buddhists of Indian origin. The festival usually lasts about five days and is celebrated during the Hindu lunisolar month of Karthika, which varies somewhere between October and November of each year. I have to Google the exact date every year. Diwali symbolizes the spiritual victory of light over darkness, good over evil, and knowledge over ignorance. The festival is widely associated with Lakshmi, the goddess of prosperity, with many regional traditions connecting the holiday to a celebration of the day Ram, a reincarnation of the Lord Vishnu, the creator, returning from exile to his kingdom of Ayodhya with his wife Sita and his brothers Lakshman after defeating the demon lord Ravan. 
You might have read this in storybooks. You might have seen this on the walls of temples in Cambodia. And look, while that is a great paraphrase Wikipedia summary that we can all use to explain Diwali to our non-Indian friends, podcast listeners, and even my half-Indian kids, Diwali is so much more than that. It's about family, food, stories, and more food, not unlike each of our own Thanksgiving, Christmas, Ramadan, and Lunar New Year's traditions. For me, growing up in Alabama, my exposure to Indian culture was honestly a bit scattershot. You already know that I grew up reading a lot of comic books. And it wasn't just Green Lantern, the X-Men, or the Fantastic Four. It was books by Amartya Trakata, which is an Indian comics publisher that told stories of ancient Indian deities like the Mahabharat. Then there was the Ramayan cheesy TV show on my grandparents' telly on the BBC, and the occasional bootleg Bollywood VHS tape my parents would borrow and make me sit through. Sure, I'd go to temple every few weeks, and of course there was the every other weekend dinner parties in our small Indian community. But then there was Diwali, which was like next level. Mom and dad would string up Christmas lights all over the house two months early, and every year there'd be this huge program where more Indians than I'd ever seen in my life would show up. And I'm not just talking about from the temple and dinner party circuit. I don't know if these people were extended family visiting from out of town or Indians coming from smaller towns all over Alabama. Some years the Diwali program was big, some years the Diwali program was small, but for a small Indian community like mine, we're talking the biggest potluck ever, and usually a program with dances, songs, and skits. It was like this weird cross between Alabama's Got Indian Talent and the Daisy Kids in the Hall. And since, you know, I have no singing or dancing talent, I early on got drafted into cheesy Diwali skits that we'd have to reenact as kids on backyard and community center stages all over the suburbs of the South. And while the skits started out as religious skits about the aforementioned triumph of good over evil, uh, as I grew up into an adolescent and soon teenager, my childhood buddies Buon, Raj, Brun, and I would make SNL-like skits poking fun at the Indian community. We're talking about inside jokes about all the uncles and aunties that had gathered at many a temple or dinner party of the previous year. Uh, I seem to remember there was once a Dave Letterman sketch that we actually did at our temple when, if you check the tape, which does not exist anymore, it's not our Indian accents that are cringeworthy. It's our very real high-pitched Southern accents. And yet we kept getting asked by the uncles and aunties to do these skits year on year. I don't know if they were humoring us or they found it funny or something in between. Again, fortunately, all footage of said things do not exist anymore. But look, that's enough about my Diwali stories. Let's jump right into some of the Diwali stories from our friends of the pod. First up is Rajiv Satyal, the funny Indian, an LA-based entertainer and comedian, and one of my oldest friends and my first goof-off at work buddy. It was really interesting to hear, after so many years, that Rajiv owes his own superhero origins to Diwali. You know, growing up in Ohio, I don't have a lot of Diwali stories. We celebrated Christmas. We still do. But somebody pointed out to me a few years ago something I found pretty interesting in terms of origin stories. And I can't remember who it was, but I remember they said, didn't you start doing stand-up when you were hosting all those Diwali and Holi events in Cincinnati? And I thought, wow, well, no. And they go, well, I mean, yeah, right? Because you're standing in front of a thousand people. You were doing original material, a lot of impressions, a lot of voices, but jokes that you had written, some that you were repeating, like who's on first and three guys walk into a bar, but they said you also did material, observational stuff, personal stuff, and you did crowd work. So yeah, probably around 13 is the first time I ever did stand-up comedy. I don't count it 
thus because I think of stand-up comedy as being performed properly in a stand-up comedy club. But Shubdi Pavali, I got to give a shout-out to my culture for being what really got me into stand-up. Now let's hear what author, artist, and activist Sheetal Sheth has to share about her late-night celebrations as a kid, which I find hilarious because I think staying up late is something that most of our immigrant parents let us do in those few cultural moments like Diwali, where they could truly be themselves and let their hair down. The funny thing is, I think today my parents still stay out later with the same Indian crowd, their found family, than I do these days. When I was growing up in Pennsylvania... I loved Navratri time, where we would go every weekend, Friday and Saturday, and do Garba and Ras through the night, so late into the night that I remember coming home and having my eyes closed. I was so sleepy, and I could remember my mom having to take off my jewelry and help me get my langa off. But it didn't stop me from wanting to dance all night. I loved it, loved it, loved it so much. But the funny piece of it is now that I'm an adult and I'm organizing Garbaras for my kids, I really like starting at a more kid-friendly hour and not going till the middle of the night because I'm tired. I think it's pretty clear by now that most of our Indian friends of the pod are way cooler than me. And Sharad Lal is no exception. He's one of my co-hosts on my other podcast, Learnings from Leaders, and he's an old mate from my time in Singapore. I always thought he was a pretty straight-laced fellow, but I was surprised to hear that Sharad's Diwali story was about shenanigans, which, let's face it, are some of the best stories. So I grew up in a small little town called Bareri, a few hours from Delhi. And my mom ran a small little shop where she sold ladies' garments, and my dad ran a factory. As part, this was in the 80s, as part of tradition, all families typically would do puja at, in the prayers in the house, and then burst some crackers, and then go to places of work. So we did that, and we burst some crackers, and I think this was somewhere in the mid-80s. I was about seven, eight years old. And then we went to my mom's shop. So she ran a shop with another partner of her, Simi Auntie. And Simi Auntie and her family was also there. Simi Auntie had two boys. I was very good friends with both of them. Um, I had a sister. So we all kind of got along well. So we reached there, I think, about 7, 8 p.m. at night. We were doing prayers. And then, of course, prayers were not fun. So Nitin, Jatin, and I crept out of the prayers and went outside and started bursting crackers. Now, there are all kinds of crackers that existed at that time. So there were... Luddies, which was these these crackers that would burst all together. There were, um, you know, all kinds of things. But the most interesting one for us at that stage was the rocket. So the rocket was something that you put inside a bottle, you light it up, and it goes in the air and bursts. It was very cool. And typically for a rocket, you needed an adult around because it was a little dangerous. But we said, to hell with adults. The three of us are going to burst this rocket. So we got a bottle from somewhere, put the rocket in there, and Nitin proceeded to light it up. Now, instead of going up, the rocket went horizontal to the ground. So it went up and then went horizontal, went across the road to another line of shops and went inside the shop. We didn't look any further. We freaked out. We ran away and hid somewhere. After 15 minutes, I could hear Nitin's dad, Pankaj uncle, coming, shouting and looking for us. Where are you? Where are you? We were shit scared, but we were good boys. So we came out of our hiding place and 
the scene emerged in front of us. There was Pankaj uncle, the shopkeeper from across the road, all our parents, and the shopkeeper was holding this piece of cloth. It was a clothing store which had a hole in the middle and black stuff around. So the rocket had gone through the crowd of people and luckily for us, not hit anyone, found its way to this cloth which was being displayed to somebody to buy it at that point of time. People buy a lot of stuff during the while, he's suspicious, and burnt that cloth. And the shopkeeper freaked out and he was saying that somebody could have gotten killed, some other shit could have happened. And our parents were freaking out, Pankaj uncle was freaking out, everyone was freaking out, and we were shit scared. But we were happy, no one got damaged. But that visual of that cloth with a hole in the middle uh, is something I remember right now. Crackers were really good fun growing up, but I'm really glad now they're banned for good reason. Next up is healthcare exec Urvashi Bhatnagar, who's bridging traditions with her siblings to her kids today. When I was growing up in New Delhi, India, my family celebrated Diwali and the small events in the lead-up, such as Bhai Dooj and Choti Diwali. Bhai Dooj is a fun celebration where sisters honor their brothers and Choti Diwali, uh, which is literally translated as small Diwali, is celebrated the day before. My brothers Devish and Varun Mohan and I love Choti Diwali, and we placed seven diyas in seven dark corners of the house and ate halwa, and of course, had the customary sparklers. Now that I have two small kids under three, and we live in the DC area, we make halwa and spend the day out doing fun things like going to the park. When they're older, we'd love to take them to the Durga Mandir and continue the tradition of lighting diyas and placing them around the house. And no Indian podcast compilation would be complete without one of my creative partners in crime, Parash Jha, whose parents explained to him the origins of Diwali in a way that they knew would resonate with him. And now Parash is carrying that board with his new family. My dad is a very academic human being. He's a professor. So you ask him one question about something, and the answer will inevitably be a little bit long-winded, a bunch of musings of the origins of things you didn't really ask about. And sometimes those answers become a little superfluous. However, when it came to understanding Diwali, it was incredibly helpful. Now, I don't know what it was like for a lot of other people, but you're dragged to these religious events. You're dragged to the temple, these cultural parties. You're meeting people. They're doing pujas and prayers, and you have no idea what's going on. You might speak the language, you might understand certain things here and there, but you don't know why everything is happening. And as a kid, I was probably a little bit annoying <laughs> where I would constantly ask why. I would ask my dad, why is this happening? Why do we need to do this? What's going on? Thankfully, my dad was patient enough to answer a lot of those questions for me. And with Diwali, it was very simple. You know, No matter how you celebrate, I think, no matter what, religion you are, whether it's Hinduism, Buddhism, Sikhism, whatever that might be, one core component of Diwali across all of them is the theme of light over darkness, good over evil. The second my dad explained that to me as a kid, I remember connecting it directly to my passions. Superheroes, comic books, video games, um, all of these stories that talked about the main theme of Diwali. And so once I learned that, everything became a lot more joyous, at least internally for me. Um, 
events that we were being dragged to for other times of the year when I didn't necessarily understand what was going on were very different than Diwali because I could connect it directly to the light over darkness, good over evil stuff. It was it was epic. It was mythological. It was something that I, I just thought was really cool. And so I'm thankful for my dad being there to explain all that stuff for me. Um, I'm not sure if he knew that I was connecting it to the things that I loved, even though I, I would probably talk about it a little bit, or I'm not sure if he explained it to me the way that he did so that I would very much enjoy it, but I am grateful for that. And, you know, I've carried that to this day. Um, the other component has to do with my mom growing up. My mom was big on the festive side. So she taught me how to celebrate Diwali. These days, I feel like when I see people celebrate it in India or other areas, it's become so much more than it was when I was younger. These days, there's like fireworks and sparklers and, you know, parties with DJs and almost like wedding-like celebrations. And there's the whole like greeting card monopolization of the holiday in India, I think, which we can get into another time. But it's become so much bigger than I remember it growing up. Growing up, we would still celebrate very festively, but I didn't get the day off from school. I didn't see other people, non-Indians, saying happy Diwali to me. Nobody knew what it was. Um, so it was almost like this quiet little thing that was just for us when I was younger. I would get home from school. My mom would be lighting all of these candles, these diyas that would float in water. So she would light them all up, put them in a bowl of water, and we'd keep those outside the house everywhere. We would have every single light on within the house. So whether the light is in the bathroom, a closet, the attic, everywhere. All the lights had to be on. And I'm sure that probably angered some Indian uncles out there who are worried about electricity bills that they might not even be paying for. So it was always a fun time. We would have people over. We'd be making a lot of food. There would be fresh sweets, vegetarian food, typically that day. I mean, we grew up eating non-vegetarian food, but I, I do recall that on Diwali, we wouldn't eat meat. Which, you know, for me, even to this day, Mona and I, as we've, as we live on our own, we still continue some of those things. We light a bunch of candles. Um, we make sure every light in the house is on. We even put up, you know, some of these white Christmas lights on our balcony and things like that, just to let people know uh, what's going on. And these are traditions that I think we'll continue to do as my daughter gets older, would want her to understand the significance of light over darkness, would make sure we celebrate with whoever's around. And the cool thing about Diwali is that, you know, while it's a specific holiday and a specific time frame, it continues on. And so as we move forward, I can't wait to add to the traditions that I learned from my parents and last but not least, Sudha Ranganathan, another old pal from my Singapore days who I only recently reconnected with. Look, I'm of North Indian origins, which is ironic because I grew up in the South, but Sudha was one of my first South Indian friends, so it was really cool hearing how her family would celebrate Diwali. When Raman asked for our Diwali stories, I couldn't help but get somewhat nostalgic I guess uh, you hear a lot of stories from uh, folks who grew up in North Indian families. So I wonder if mine's going to be one of the few South Indian family stories. Uh, one of the other things that may be unique about my trajectory is that I grew up in sort of a believing 
religious family but over time grew up to be more agnostic atheist and so the story also tells you how our family now celebrates diwali where we try and separate religion from the practices that we still really love about it so part one of the story is what it was like as a child growing up in bombay in a south indian family to celebrate diwali basically we would have to wake up at about 4:30 or 5 in the morning which we really dreaded we'd have to wash our hair oil our hair which we also really hated but then would come the really fun part which is when we'd get to open up our new clothes we'd get to taste delicious sweets that our mother made one of our favorites was called mysore pak it took my mother hours and hours of standing over a stove top to mix ghee and flour and sugar into this amazing concoction that then gets cut into little slices that's called mysore pak it's now very very popular and has even sold at major airports in india and then we'd go downstairs and join our friends light up crackers enjoy the noise enjoy the smoke enjoy ourselves despite all of it we'd continue hanging out through the rest of the day and only come home in time for lunch these are my earliest memories of diwali and i still find it really special that when i was growing up we only got new clothes twice a year one of those occasions was your birthday but the other was diwali and that's why it held such a special place in our hearts because it wasn't just all the delicious food but it was also all of the new clothes and just the joy of doing something really special with your family cut to a little bit later in my teenage years diwali was all about mastering the art of drawing the rangoli except in south indian families instead of using powder to draw a dry rangoli you blend rice powder into water to draw what is known as a markolam which is basically you use a piece of cloth dip it into that rice and water mixture and you use that to draw these designs when they dry up that transparent mix becomes an opaque white and you can see these beautiful outlines over time i got really good at the markolam and it was my signature contribution to diwali in my family which made me feel all grown up and like i was contributing in some unique way cut to diwali more recently over the last decade or so we have a 9 year old boy and although my husband and i aren't religious or practicing in any way we found a way to integrate diwali into our lives by having my brother's family over every year they sit down with my son outdoors help him draw a rangoli with powder and colored powder we open up some sweets and i always cook our most favorite paneer makhani because when you grow up in the south indian household you crave all of the things that north indian kids get to eat on a daily basis and so my brother and i both love paneer and so makhani is our dish of choice every year for diwali and so we strip religion out of the festival now but we still keep the parts that we really love which is good food the traditions and our time together with friends and family Hearing these Diwali stories with so many similarities and differences to my own really took me back, you know, not just to my Indian experiences growing up, but even my American ones. And I think that's what's so brilliant about cultural traditions like Diwali and so many others. We can find such deeply personal, specific, almost transportive moments, some that are really different from what we might know, but also we can discover things that we have in common, be it food, family fun, but let's face it, mostly just eating really good food with said friends and family and fun. So anyway, from our friends and family to all of yours, we're wishing you a very happy Shubh Diwali. Now I got to go find some firecrackers. And that's our show. Like what you heard? Please subscribe, leave a review and a five-star rating on your favorite podcasting platform. 
Now more than ever, people need to be hearing these stories. Please share our show with a friend or three. Want to learn more or got something to share? Visit modmypod.com or email us. Hi, mom at modmypod.com. You can also follow us on Instagram and Twitter at modminpod. We'd love to hear from you. That's it for now. I've been Raman Segel. And I'm still Sharon Lee Tony. Remember, we're all modern minorities out there. We'll talk to you soon. Ryan here, and I have a question for you. What do you do when you win? Like, are you a fist pumper, a woohooer, a hand clapper, a high fiver? I kind of like the high five, but if you want to hone in on those winning moves, check out Chumba Casino. At chumbacasino.com, choose from hundreds of social casino style games for your chance to redeem serious cash prizes. There are new game releases weekly, plus free daily bonuses. So don't wait. Start having the most fun ever at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. DTW, void, we're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus.